0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle. I'm your host, Charles Crack, and I'm here with Lex Tweedy. We are missing two other people, I think last minute they had something to do, so they couldn't make it. But it's your special NBA episode. I know you guys miss us, but the way the NBA season has been going, there's not enough to talk about. But right now, we have something to talk about and bring to your attention. So just bear with us. And as the playoffs is about to start, we'll have more to talk about as well. So starting with my people. Tweedy, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, bro. I'm good. Everything cool.
0: Everything cool. How was your, how was your holidays? How was the Easter holidays?
1: Oh, they were, they were fine. They were fine. He did his job. Little <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: you did you did you manage to watch the Lakers game yesterday?
1: Oh no no no! I was too late. it was too late. But I caught some highlights. So
0: I mean, it's, it's good you didn't watch because I know you're a Lakers fan. But it's good you didn't watch because Charlie, no be small palpitation and heart pain sentences yesterday. I was going through the emotions. <laughs> it's not worth it. I'm too I'm too young for this, bro. These these people can't kill me early. I'm too young for this. Yeah, Lex. How are you, Crack?
2: Charlie, I'm good. Just a little under the weather, but I'm trying to pull along. Um, you need me, and anytime yeah, yeah, Crack calls on you, you have to you have to respond to the call. I mean, it's Gerald Crack, so
0: once you <laughs> Thank ask you. You know <laughs> once, once
2: you ask me to come, I'll come.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I'm actually very appreciative of you because I know once I reach out to you, you're going to come, and your expertise is much needed when it comes to NBA because. Tweedy and I go way back and I know he's a great baller and you two, you and I have been having NBA banter for a long while and I know you have <laughs> Very long great, time, yeah. great mind yeah, on NBA. So, I wouldn't have wished to do it with anybody else than you guys. So, I mean, let's dive in now because there are a lot to talk about but we just want to focus on a few things and we'll have more to talk about in subsequent episodes. I mean, this season might be... The season where ever since I started watching the NBA, it might be the season where there's a legit three headed race when it comes to the MVP. Uh, who is the MVP this season? Because people are clamoring for Joe and people are still saying it's, it's um, uh, Jokic, and people are saying it's, it's Giannis as well. But more people are leaning towards mb and Jokic. I mean, there's, there's been a, a lot of confusion going on because personally, if you ask me, I don't know which criteria parameters these voters have been using because honestly, it's like they go with any narrative they want to go with every year and they choose who they think deserves to be the MVP because sometimes, yeah, they get majority and they think alike. Sometimes so it doesn't happen, but this season has been one of the most confusing seasons because... There are three things that usually, when when it comes to the MVP over the years, what I know is they usually go with personal stats, team position, historical precedence, like the way uh, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double, even though his team was sick and they still gave it to him. When Jokic had the, his first MVP season, I mean, it was the PR king, you understand? It was mad because he did it without, yeah. And last season, he did it without Murray being there and without um, MP- MPJ, Michael Jr also playing. So, I mean, he got it again because because according to everybody, he willed the Nuggets into the playoffs. So, I mean, he got it again. I can go through all the stats because Embiid this season averaged 33, 10 and 4 assists. That was his career high, and he was won the back-to-back scoring titles in 60 ga- 66 games played this season. You understand? When you go to Giannis, Giannis has um, average 30, 31, 11, and 5 on 55% shooting. His team has the best record, and they are leading the NBA and the Eastern Conference as well. When you go to Nikolaj uh, Jokic, 20, 24, 11, and 10 almost a triple-double. In fact, it's a triple-double because it's 9.8. You can run it all to 10. So, he has averaged a triple-double also in 69 games. So, there's been people going, talking about, like, voter fatigue. Um, they've given it to him twice. When you check history, people have won it three times. I won the championship before. They so don't want to set this president again or repeat their mistake where they give somebody three and the person has no one. It, so, the MVP will lose his value. And and Embiid hasn't won it before so this is his time because last season people felt as if he had to win it, he didn't win it and Giannis has won two two already so they feel as if it's time for um, Embiid to win as well so without delving in much I just want to ask um, Lex do you think voter fatigue actually plays a big role, affect repeat MVP candidates?
2: Yeah, I genuinely believe so and I think when you're making your submission, you, you painted a very um, good picture for anyone who is a bit more confused on what or who is deserving of this award. I think you, you, you use the word narrative. And as much as we would like to convince ourselves that the NBA awards is not hedged on narratives, it is. And that is the reality, is that for all the good work that these players are have put in this season, and this isn't been amazing um Janice has been amazing Jokic has been amazing Embiid has been amazing you can use whatever metric or advanced that to make a case for any of them but the narrative becomes a bit more super over over everything else so a case will be a casual fan who is who doesn't understand what advanced metrics is or who doesn't know what these three players represent would go for the narrative because we all have storylines we all love to to do things that we all we all have to understand things on the more easier side so when we we get fed the the more advanced that's we do not understand and casual fans determine who the mvp is as much as we like to to convince ourselves that it's not the case you would want someone who has a very good storyline that the nba can build on so if you take someone like jokic if when he was winning the first time, it was the storyline was that this is someone who didn't pick up any sort of basketball until he was twelve, um, coming from from Serbia and coming from a, a background that didn't afford him the luxury of using basketball as an outlet. So someone like that coming into the NBA and winning the MVP, it it it's, it sells the NBA product to someone who is not interested in the NBA. It's the same with the with Yanis as well. Someone whose parents had to migrate from Nigeria, who came to Greece, had to move around Europe a couple of times, had to get their feet settled down before they were able to, to put their case into basketball camps. And so when it was time for him to win his MVV, it was, it was literally easy for people to build the storyline and, and sort of like the narrative for him to win it. Um, and now is falling a bit more towards indeed. Um, and that is where your angle comes in. So, when you put the narrative part on the side, then it comes in with voter fatigue. You, you do not... People become tired of things. And that's the reason why LeBron didn't win in 2011. That's the reason why um, yeah, Jordan didn't win in 92 because they had to give it to Charles Barkley. So, there, there are instances where players have an equal case Two players have equal cases of being the mvp but if someone hasn't won it before it, it becomes a bit more easier to give that award to them rather than hand it to someone else because then the narrative that you're going to use becomes a bit more stale and dull you do not create anything new and the mba is built on in that and as much as again as much as we like to convince ourselves that the mba is we, we don't want casuals determining who wins awards or we don't want them being who decides how the NBA goes they are the ones who make it become a great product and they determine because if if you go on tv or if you go on radio or on your any podcast like this and you use advanced metrics people will just listen and be like what the hell are you going about we we don't understand this but if you're able to couch storylines and it appeals to people then it's easier for you to be able to get people to 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 understand that this person is deserving of this award
0: yes so Yes, with what you said, narrative. And I personally have an issue with that, the way um, awards are being moved solely on narrative. Because it's like, at what point do we hold these voters and these writers and some of these old players and newscasts and things like responsible or accountable for their actions? Because you can't use past precedents where you think maybe somebody, um, like, let me give you an example janice right one back-to-back these people say that um it's a regular season award so your playoffs performance don't play a role in it they ruled janice house to win the third one they didn't give it to him they gave it to Jokic, and that was when janice went to win went on to win um the nba championship you understand so where is the consistency because right now it, it actually goes to my second question i want to ask you do you choose i um, test over advanced stats? Which one do you go for when it comes to you picking your uh, MVP? Because right now, we have these things where uh, these analytics guys have taken over the sports, especially in the NBA. Because when you go by analytics, Jokic is the best defender ever. But then when you go by advanced stats, and all, like, I want to separate advanced that doesn't necessarily mean analytics you understand because analytics has its own this one but when you go by the analytics you realize that jokic is the best defender ever in nba history which i don't believe because anytime i watch him he's been attacked several times in the paint by point that's guys by anybody defender. yes because me i don't i don't really rate help defense or where you come in as a second defender and block something or catch a rebound that's cool most of his rebounds are more offensive rebounds. But of course, when they generalize, when they add it, people, it's not everybody that understands offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds, as you said. So once they create a narrative, people don't delve in. They just go with, hey, this is a shiny new thing or something. So you can focus in everybody's story. You understand? Why you think this person doesn't deserve you Because they use this against this during this time and this against this during this time. So me, I want to ask you, analytics or eye test, which one do you value more when it comes to you choosing your mvp
2: i think it's a, it's, it's a bit of both um going with just one would make your case less desirable is that you have to watch a player to determine how good they are or how terrible they are and then you need to you need a second informed opinion to tell you that what you are seeing on your eye it actually matches what what you're watching so you, you will have to, the, the two of them have to go hand in hand. There's no case where you just have to solely rely on one and then demean the other one or take the other one and sort of like push the other one away. The, the two of them work hand in hand. So a, a, case, a case will be LeBron in 2011. Both the eye test and the advanced metrics were, worked in his favour. If you, if you watch LeBron, you could tell that there was no player in the league who was better than him. Even the rules would have attested to the fact that there was literally no player who was better in 2011 than LeBron, both on ITES test and both, both in, metri- in in advanced metrics. But then that was when the narrative was used to 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 award the um, rules. And the same thing in '92 as well, when Charles Barkley. I mean, Michael Jordan was was head over heels the best player in the league, and everyone knew that. When you're playing against the Bulls, you were there was a certain sense of fear in you playing against them because you could tell that this player who you're coming up against was literally the best player you'd you ever seen. But and then narrative played the part in there. So I think that as as fans, we, we have to find a measure of two. And when we're doing comparative analysis, you can't just use just the eye test to judge a player. You will need a bit of the, the metrics to be able to support your case. And you just can't use the, the metrics to just to, to make your case. And that is why I feel the NBA is becoming a bit too nerdy for me. There are too many nets who are using advanced metrics to determine who the MVP is. And that's not that's that's not the case. As much as possible, yes, give me an informed opinion on what this player is doing on the basketball court. But I have two simple eyes. And and I'm blessed with vision to be able to see when a player is playing well or when a player is playing terrible. I can be able to tell. All Your advanced, test, your advanced metric is telling me is that this individual that I'm watching does XYZ. You are not trying to convince me otherwise. By just saying that the things I'm seeing, you are giving me additional information. But the nurse try to use the advanced metrics to change your mind. And that is where I think the difference is. It's like we, 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 we all see what is happening on the on the basketball court. We all can tell what's, what's going on. All I just need you to, to tell me is the things that I'm seeing, you are giving me a bonus information. Not that you are giving me information to separate it. So with, with your case, I do not think that you can choose one and the main one. You'll have to use both advanced metrics and then the eye test to be able to judge a player correctly.
0: Okay. Yeah, thank you for this, Lexis. Tweedy. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um in adding to what Lexis was saying, right, the mm. importance of advanced stats and eye tests against analytics. When you check the advanced stats, right, Giannis is supposed to be the MVP because when you check Per thirty six minutes, per hundred positions, all of them. I have everything here. I just shooting, all of them. I have the totals. I have per game. I have everything here. When you go to team records without them, um, Janis, the backs are eleven and six. They have a winning record, but then it's just three. When you go to the Sixes, they have they have won eleven and five. They have won. They've gone eleven and five in sixteen games without um, Joe Embiid, which. They have a winning record but they won six games you understand which is two more than the backs when you go to uh the when you go to jokic right when you go to the nuggets they are five and eight they are the... he's the only one that his team has a losing record when he's not available in 69 games you understand so adding to that what informs your mvp decision and your mvp take
1: Okay, well, um, it's similar to what Lex said. Uh, it's very, very similar, similar to what he said. Because in trying to make a decision between who is the better player, or who deserves M- MVP for that regular season, you have to watch the players. You have to watch what they're doing, and you also have to use those those advanced stats to, like, like he said, inform your decision. So if you are watching a game, and maybe, um, like you, you guys were saying that Jokic is a, is a terrible defender, right? If you are watching a game and you see Jokic being attacked by, like, maybe they draw the, the the point guard draws him out and they're trying to take him, take him one on one and then beat him over the dribble and all that. Okay, that's fine. But I don't want to use that as as like an example to say, oh, here yeah, Jokic is a bad is a bad defender because this point guard who is quicker than him has just crossed him over and has laid the ball easily off the glass. Like, I don't want to use that to say, okay, he's a bad defender. You see how many you you see if 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 someone is able to break through the uh, if if someone is able to penetrate through the defense, and Jokic is standing there. Does a the person miss? Uh, is he helping someone else? Like all that. So I I don't I didn't really agree with the whole Jokic is a terrible defender because yes I've seen those clips where like yeah people like the point guards and some of the guards attacking they, the guards attack the bigs all the time it happens all the time. Yes, he's not as good as Giannis or Embiid, uh, and, and one-on-one defense or probably pick-and-roll defense anyway. But that doesn't mean like he's a terrible defender. Yes, he's not elite or top tier, but he does a job. He can, um, what do, how do, you, even, how do you Even put, this even put as well. He he, his presence there might put a shot off or something, but might put some, okay, someone, someone might put someone off from.
0: Okay, so going for what do yeah, so mm-hmm. what you're saying with that? Some of the analytics and the advances short deflection. When short you deflection, dead. yeah. Yes, short deflection, missing at the rim, because exactly. of presence and all those things. Because of all his those things, all those yeah. things are very important. You understand? But in comparing the three, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, you have to knock somebody down to prop the other person up, and which is just fair game. Don't no, that doesn't mean the other person is not great. You understand? Oh yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean yeah so in this case amongst the three they are all awesome defensively a hey, hey, um, offensively they are all great players doki is an awesome passer and a playmaker as well from the center point you understand but when it comes to you ranking the three definitely you are going to use both offense and defense you understand so in oh, yeah. this context when you are talking about this you are definitely going to go like oh these two guys Play better defense than Jokic. and and also the next thing you go is there are matchups between them, who dominated who, do you get it? And all those things place a factor. So yes, that's where well, I wanted. Okay. to... I was, uh, that's the point I was going with the Doki defense. So you can continue.
1: Mm, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I get. I get that point. I get that point. But yeah, true. He's the worst defender out of the out of all of the the three of them. He's the, the, the worst. And my pick for the MVP is Embiid. Giannis could be the MVP. Jokic could be the MVP. I'm not mad at any of them. They are all they've all done amazing this season. But yeah, my pick would be Embiid. For what you said, his defense to counts for a lot in the game. He's a he's a leading score in the NBA. He won the he won that. But his defense is also very very good. On ball help. I even uh, this this game I watched uh, Philly versus the Cavs. I don't know. I think it was a uh, Karis Lavette or someone. He was able to beat someone, and he he, he drove. Yeah, back to
0: back blocks, and and it was an amazing, bro. it was an amazing switch,
1: bro. I don't even know. Like I knew maybe he might see Mobley from the corner of his eye, but I didn't think he would be able to react that quickly. Like it shocked me. I was I was really shocked. I couldn't believe he could react so quickly. So yeah, his defense has been amazing this year. Yannis has also been very very good defensively as always, but yeah. I, I I get I get why people have the voter fatigue with uh, Jokic, and personally I believe he won it last year just because uh, he did he was able to manage to hold the team in a playoff uh, position without uh, Jamal Murray and MPJ. So yeah, in terms of okay, so- the advanced stats and uh, the eye test you have to use both. You have to you, you need them. You need them hand in hand. I'm also more of an ITS person, but like you also need the advanced class, just like Lex said.
0: Okay, so one last question before, okay, one last, but one question on this before we move on to our next topic, does race also play a factor in voting when it comes to MVP? Because there was one time where, um, Peck, you understand Perkins and this guy were going back and forth on on first take talking about like uh peck was insinuating that race plays a factor when it comes to the mvp when it comes to the white guy because some of the narratives with the white guys is not the same narrative when it comes to the um black black guys and he made mention of kobe versus deck you understand in 2006 which made me think uh, a lot because one i don't necessarily buy into that but definitely race plays a factor in a lot of things generally you understand because when you look at um deck deck's um, mvp winning season which was 2006 he averaged 24 8 and 3 his team was 67 and 15 they were the top seed and the season before he lost in the finals to Dwayne Wade, the miami heat and he came back and led his team to the number one seed you understand but then again, a supporting cast, Josh Howard, averaged 19 points. Jason Terry, averaged 17 points. You understand? So when you come down, then you have to Kobe, who managed to wheel his Lakers team to 7th seed. He averaged 31, 5 and 5. This next second star, Lamar Odom, averaged 16 points. And Luke Walton averaged 11 points. He took Kwame Brown, Andrew Bynum, Smush Parker. And the rest to the playoffs. I mean, that was an amazing feat. I remember because me personally, I didn't think that Lakers team could make the playoffs. But he willed that team to the playoffs 7. And also won the scoring title that season. You understand? He averaged more points than anybody else. So, they gave it to Deck, And I mean, they lost in the first round. But then, it's a regular season award. Kobe 2 was sweat. Um, he blew a 3-1 lead. You understand in the uh and i think he died was yeah i think he yeah he blew to the suns so he lost to the Suns back to back you understand so you're yeah, looking at this and then you fast forward to jokic last season jokic willed the nuggets without his co-stars or without a reasonable this one next to him to the uh to the playoffs which you could draw parallels between Kobe and Jokic's season because we are talking about stats, personal performance and uh, historical precedence and all of this, right? Do you also think the black guys usually get different narratives when it comes to the white guys? Because look at Steve Nash, winning back-to-back because he led the Suns team to top seed in the... uh, uh, western conference final and uh, western conference and also went to the finals you understand so he had a back-to-back over shaq and over kobe some people still disagree some people say that he was a driving force blah 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 but do you think the narratives are usually the same for the black and the white Truly.
1: um narratives being the same um i haven't if if they are not i haven't really noticed this what what i can say about that is i think the, those who vote on on this MVP, this whole MVP thing, uh, it has a lot to do with preference. It, it has a lot to do with preference because if I remember the Nash back to back MVP, yeah, Kobe and Shaq could have had could have had it, but if you remember, Kobe was having some personal issues on the 06 time. I don't I don't want to talk about it, but he was having some personal issues at the time, so you know, it might not have been the most uh politically correct thing to do plus you know Steve Nash was a scrawny short guy who was a very good person he should as well and his team was his team was playing at a as at, at, at quite a fast pace and they were exciting and he's also calm and reserved he's not he's not in your face all the time he's very calm so i guess they were like oh, okay his team his team is doing very well they're like I don't know what they finished that year but i like, probably talk to you also yeah, stars were looking good and they were finished up and he was playing very well. So ah, okay, why not just give it to Nash? That might be the safe option. That might be the safe choice. So that's what I. That's what I feel. That's what I think. What about what about team. Deck?
0: What about Deck? Deck versus Kobe as well.
1: So Deck versus Kobe. Deck versus Kobe. I think Deck deserved it. The only reason why it looks some way is because when they gave him that MVP trophy, they went to play the Warriors with the and Steve Jackson and the 8th
0: seed and they were the 8th seed
1: exactly and they gave him the MVP trophy before the game started and they went off they went out in the first round so that was what like, messed up the whole thing because honestly they deserved it they were, you, you read a number 60 something and what's what games and I remember a bit of that season I know Derek was on fire like I, I remember a bit of it so yeah, oh, yeah he, deserved, he, he was on fire that was he
0: was on fire
1: I mean, yeah, he de- he deserved. Yeah, it's it. it's just it's just that when they got to the postseason and they were in the playoffs, and that first round upset that was what like messed up the whole thing. And Now it looks and I'm it looks like oh, didn't deserve, but that actually deserved. He did deserve. it. So I'm not really I mad see. at that. So yeah.
0: Okay, so the same thing goes to you, Lex. Do you think race plays a factor in this? Because up till now. Last year, when they, when they released the breakdown of the demographics that vote, Asians have 8, Black have 24, Latinos have 3, Whites have a whooping 65%, which all rounds out to the 100%. So do you think race also plays a factor when voting for MVP, and especially when in a season where the, a White player and a Black player both performs, the voting is actually equally or not skewed towards the White player?
2: I think that if you say there's no racial bias in the NBA MVP race, then that would pretty much be the only space in America where it doesn't exist. There is, of course, built in everyone's subconscious. There's some racial bias in who wins the MVP. Now, I'm not saying that becomes the determining factor for why some white voters would obviously go for for white players but you can make a case that when there's a great white player who's playing in a more black heavy environment and is doing very well there's that there's that inbuilt inclination to want to reward that player because they are in the space where you do not expect them to do very well now like like this said and which I agree there's been some instances where some players who have won wonder award. You would want to justify that in saying that is white privilege. I don't think that's the case. But I, I, I do think that there's some elements of whiteness points that white voters tend to give to black players. So let's take last year for example. Yes, Jokic did amazing, amazingly well. He deserved it. But are you are you are you telling me that last year when, when Jokic won it and a player that is Embiid gets less first-ballot first, um, first balance votes than a player like, say, Devin Booker, than, than, than Dukadonchic. And insane. let me break
0: it down to you. So let me break it down to you. Jokic with a voting points, he had 875, Embiid had 706, um, Giannis had um, 595, and Booker had 216.
2: that's that's, that's the point I'm making so last year, so see there's an element of racial bias that exists or that permeates through every society that we live in and to deny the existence of it is us denying what reality is we all want to live in the Kumbaya world where everything is all like like white rainbows and we're living, we're flourishing together but white privilege exists in even the most obscure of places especially in a place like America it is there. To deny that it exists is us fooling ourselves. But do I think that that becomes generally the, the only reason why white voters tend to vote for white players? No. But in the case where you find two players who are parallel and you find them doing, producing on the same scale, they will tend to tip their hat to a player who is doing well in a field where they do not normally expect him to do well.
0: So, right now, my last question Who is your MVP this season?
2: Simply and read. It's as easy as
0: that.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, Embiid, Embiid. Yeah, want... Embiid, Embiid.
0: So, both of you are going for Embiid?
1: No, oh,
0: yeah. Me, personally, in the beginning, I wanted Embiid to win, but the way the narrative and things started, like it pissed me off because most of the excuse and the reason they are trying to give it to Embiid doesn't really hold for me, honestly. And, of course, Giannis quietly has done something unprecedented this season as well. But people are not looking at it because he's the only big to actually average 31 11 and 5 the only player that did it was will chamberlain you understand he has the best record and with him with him playing the backs have 75 percent win which is better than anybody else this season and they have the number one team because if you want to go with stats um, team performance historical president he fits all the bill but he's not going to win it I mean everybody say that yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah damn it and be take it like last season yeah, yeah so take it. It's like people are just giving it to him out of and most of the reasons they are trying to give, like he, don't get me wrong, he has been amazing, but I just don't like the narrative like oh in time catch if for win him, like this is his time, he has to win it. No, we don't have this time. Does he Crap. deserve it or not? Yeah. Crap. So what you are yeah. saying right now, yeah.
1: I was I was there, I was where you were, I was with you. During uh, before Nuggets we went on a certain slip, they went on a certain. They 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 dipped a bit. They went on like, was it yeah, a yeah, four game? Yeah, the, yeah they the they, last, they the last fourteen games. Yeah, I was they definitely went on with you. Yeah. I, 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 I was definitely where you were because I agreed. I was like, they were making this, they were making something out of nothing for me. Like the whole oh Embiid is getting cheated, and uh, I'm like, but we can't see what they are doing on the court. Like don't don't make it look like. Is such a huge disparity. No, they're like, they're both playing very well. But all, I, 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 I went over to the Embiid side. When Nuggets went on that whole thing, and then Embiid, Embiid scoring started going higher uh, and higher and higher. High. And there were these tight games where he was pulling them through. All of these things happened. And I was like, okay, I think I'm, I'm cool with Embiid winning the MVP. Even though like, I wasn't mad at it. But like, that definitely put a stamp on it for Embiid. So, yeah, and and with your Giannis assertion, I agree. I agree. It's definitely voter fatigue or something with Giannis. It's definitely that, and also they might want a new face with the whole MVP thing. And last year they were crying Embiid, 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 even though Embiid was missing, he went missing for a, a certain amount of games and all that. So yeah, I I, I agree mostly with mostly what you're saying. All
0: right. All right. So, and then moving on to another team in the Western Conference, which this this second point I actually target the enigma called Kyrie evan Because Dallas were the top 6 seed in the West before they traded for Kyrie. Kyrie comes and they didn't make they don't make the playoffs. They played um 16 games together here and uh he and Luca they played 16 games together. And in those 16 games, they went 5-11. They won 5, lost 11. And that's actually the one of the worst. It's actually the worst by a pair of all-star teammates since the NBA and the ABA merger. But in those splits, let's talk about analytics. Kyrie was a plus 62 and Luca was a minus 22 in the games they played together, which means Kyrie was more of a plus to the team and Luca was more of a minus to the team that means that both of them weren't actually a good fit I wouldn't say they're good fit but they weren't getting things done even though they were averaging 60 points together in most of the games they played together so I want to ask this question what went wrong for the Dallas Mavericks because personally I don't blame Kyrie I watch them a lot and I know how shit they are defensively. Even before the Kyrie trade. They weren't a good defensive team. And you lose your best perimeter defender and your second guard defender and you trade them to um the you, you, you trade them to the nets and just get Kyrie and you also didn't go into the trade market to get at least some short defending. You left it out of the open. So most of us that watch them realize that look, Luca is a terrible defender. When they're going against or they target him as well, and he moans a lot, and he's always getting text. so that is also there. You had a uh, team Hadaway senior openly criticizing Luca and questioning his leadership quality, and going like, Yo, this guy moans a lot, and he is not a good leader. When his son plays with Luca, that one too is also there. You understand? So, what went wrong for the Dallas Mavericks, and do you think people were right? to put all this on Kyrie's doorstep and try to blame him that he's the cancer once again in another team, Lex?
2: I don't think, I sincerely don't think it's fair to put any blame on Kyrie. Um, but if you've built a reputation where every place you are, you are the cancer. You were the cancer towards the end of the Cleveland days. You were cancer in, in Boston. You were a cancer, cancer towards the end of the... the Brooklyn, Brooklyn days. It, it, even if there is no blame to be put on your doorstep, the natural inclination is that some piece of the the the, the pie gets blamed on you. You, you. you have to get saved for it. Because be, before he came there, things were a bit more rosy. Now the team had to adjust in some instances to accommodate him. So even though you can't directly blame Kyrie as being the reason for the Mavericks collapsing you can say that the environment that was created to enable him become himself is one of the reasons why they collapsed now it becomes a percentile issue do you say that okay does that environment that was created for Kyrie probably like 40% to blame no I think that it's probably like 10% now the other percent is you want to put that on the front office. They knew this team was 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 bad. They traded away one of their best defenders. The the whole roster shape up for for a player like Doncic hasn't been been very good. You know, Luca's weaknesses. You know his strengths. You know how he plays inside out. So to maximize the best of his abilities, you must put a team around him that allows him to be able to flourish. Now, this was. So now the the Mavericks find themselves in a similar case like the Pelicans did with Anthony Davis where you have a generational talent but you're not able to put pieces around him. There might be a season where they go as far as going to the apex and that might deceive you into thinking the team is on the right trajectory. That is not the case. It's just the case that you have a generational player that is playing out of his mind and carrying the entire team to a place that they don't deserve to be in the first place. And and that was with, with Anthony Davis as well with the Pelicans, was able to to sweep the Blazers' my team and then knock them off. In that instance, the Pelicans became a bit more naive into thinking, oh, this is the team on the right path and so we just don't need to do any additions. We, we don't have to have an internal conversation to look at how to build around Anthony Davis. And that was how they lost him. And that is seeming to be the case for, for the Mavericks as well, is that they have a, a general talent that, one way or the other, they have failed in building the right team around him. They caught gold in the box one time, and it has deceived them into thinking that that is what the team shape up is going to be. That is not the case, and and for a lot of players in the league, we've seen that happen over and over again. It's same with Lillard. It's the same with LeBron before he left in 2007. You have generational talents, and when when the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the NBA Finals against Spurs. They thought, oh, okay, the team is is all set. No. You 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 have to take a step back, analyze the whole situation, and then make an improvement. And that's where the Mavericks made their mistake. They, they got a bit too um, they rested on their on their laurels and thought the team they had last season was what the Mavericks was going to be. And they didn't do enough, a good enough job of of building on the team. Now the other blame would obviously go to, to the coach. Before the season, or even, even in the first like 20 games of the season, you could clearly see the identity of this Ma- Ma- Mavericks team. And it was built on the culture of Jason Kidd. But at the latter stages, the team that was playing was not his team. You could clearly tell that the the, the team prom, the, the promise of the team had has broken. So they were not playing for the coach. And that, that's where I think the problem is. The other problem is, is Luka. There are times when he loses a the ball, he, there's a turnover, and his general posture is wrong. He's, he puts his head down, he's not tracking back, he's complaining to officials, he's swiping at his teammates, he's yelling that the ball was not passed to him on time, he's constantly like bickering and whining and moaning. That is not it's the so true bad. nature of It's
1: of, so bad, it's so bad,
2: bad. it's so bad. That is also unlike of, of, of a superstar. And so I think that's permeated into the team quarter and has also allowed some of the other players to feel like, you know what, this is not the right environment for me to thrive. And that's, that's, that's also one of the reasons why I think that the team has, has been able to struggle. The, the, the last point I think why the team has struggled is, is obviously the owner. Now, if your team is not doing very well and the owner is constantly screaming into the, the general manager's ear to make a trade or to, to go out and and tell the coach to do this, it has an, a general effect on the, on the team. And Mark Cuban, for all the good things that he's done and all the co- good intents that he has, there's been instances where he has not allowed the team to go on its natural progression state. He's constantly middling in, in the team affairs, constantly suggesting things that the team must do. So when you add that to the mix, it's, it's a very bad thing. So I think it's four things: Kyrie's presence, as much as you'd like to diminish that, is 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 a point in that the coach has a role to play in that. Luca has a role to play in that. The the general office, the the, the general manager, and then the front office have a role to play in it, and Mark Cuban as well, who is the owner.
0: Okay. Well, well summarized and well well said because I was also about to ask at what point do they blame McCuban? Because in recent in recent times he spoke when they asked him about the when uh, they asked um, um, Luca whether he misses Brunson and he was like yes, he misses Brunson and they interviewed Mac Cuban and they asked him about Branson and he was trying to say he couldn't um, that- come to an agreement with him because he dad got involved. No. His dad was actually looking out for his son you had all the time in the world to sign a guy you drafted you knew you had his early bed right you knew he has he has got to the stage where you needed to give, give him a rookie contract and you were delaying because you didn't believe in him and is that being an ex-player as well when like bro look my you are my son but i need to advise you on your well-being as well the knicks have shown interest in you and they are ready to give you the contract you want Go somewhere you are celebrated and need Not somewhere they are being dragged in your leg. So me, I didn't agree with the way my Cuban was lying to the general public about it because I didn't agree to it at all. And there have been situations, as you said, where this guy is always meddling in the affairs of the front office, always doing, let's bring this, let's bring that, let's do this, let's do that. Bro, just sit there, watch your game. Don't be too hands-on. It's, it's, it's freaking frustrating when it comes to that. And talking about um, historic players, in a few Playoff season he has played so far, nobody has averaged more points than Luca in the playoffs ever since he came to the NBA and started going to the playoffs, which is amazing. So that's why he, that, that's why I agree with you when you say that this thing actually cast a shadow and doubts over the uh, roster being actually a good fit for him because they believe, oh, Luca Magic can do it, but bro, he can only go as far as his strength can take the team and he gets to a point where they can't do anything. Last season when he was injured, Branson took the ropes and he did amazing. And Luca came, closed the Suns out and they went to the finals, which they lost um, four games to two against um, the Golden State. You understand? So that is also there. So sometimes fit works better than having two-headed monster stars and especially two ball dominants. Even though Kyrie can play off the ball, but he also needs the ball to be great, especially in the fourth quarter. And taking the ball out of Luca's and is useless because... He can't defend. He can't set picks. He'll be targeted. He'll foul. He'll pick up. And he'll cause problems. So, Twidi, I need your input in the Dallas Mavericks situation as well.
1: So, with the Mavs, yeah, I, I agree with uh the whole Mark Cuban not handling the Branson situation. Because, honestly, I don't think he valued him that much. He probably thought, oh... He's had a decent playoffs. It might be a blip. It might not be something that might continue. His this improved play might not continue. He was like, Yeah, sure. I'm not giving you that money. And you just go to the next and go and do that over there. He could have had. And look at what Branson's doing this season. He should have even been an All Star, they say. I feel like he should have. He should have been an All Star. So, yeah, I think the front yeah, office. I agree,
0: uh, with, I agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. So, the mouth front office. I don't want to put too much blame on them because you don't know how much. Your man is meddling. We really don't know. And you can, you can have a two headed, like, offensive monster. You can have, you can have two guys who are, like, very, very, like, serious, serious offensive players. But you need the defensive guys to, you need, you need the defensive guys around them. You need someone who is ready to knock it up, lock someone down, do something. Because anytime I'm watching the mouse and I'm watching Luca defend Charlie, it's like, it's like you are forcing him to defend, like look, or you are begging him, please look at when you go there, please rotate, please look, like you have this everything, please look at, please look at. Like, he, he doesn't care? Like he even putting his hands up, is even a problem, like to try and uh, block the shot or something. Like he's, he's like he's just there, and the way the team is currently set up, they can't even hide him, like how they were hiding him last season. Last season, Chris, he had. He had a little bit more uh, uh, input and, and, and effort on defense, getting to the postseason in the postseason. But this year, it's like he's just he's just he's just standing there. He could have been a cone, like Baber says, He's like a cone, just standing there, not doing anything. He's not following anybody. Is and yeah, I think I don't know if it was Lex or, or the crack. I don't know if it, you know, one I don't know who said it, but you were saying that it, it seeps into the team because he's the leader. Everyone else feels it, and when his energy is down, he's complaining, he's whining. Like, the guys don't feel energized to do more, or it's like trying better, better. And there have
0: been situations where, and there have been situations where even Jason Kidd has sabbed him during uh, the post post match com- press conferences. Uh, he has indirectly said it, which means that he's worrying them a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And Jason Kidd being a uh, Hall of Famer, a legend. Is a point, guard. He knows. He knows how. He knows how. Uh, the that the players will feel when your star player is being moody. Like you can be moody. You can be. You can be a moody superstar. But don't do that on the courts. When you guys have a timeout, or so if you guys go in the locker room, you can express your feelings. But when you're on the courts, you have to give your guys some something to go off on. And yeah, Luca would do it by shooting threes and. Making some timely plays offensively and whatnot, but when that's not working, when he's breaking the threes and his floaters are not going in, and he's not getting the calls, what 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 what, what else can you give your team? What else can you give give the fans and your players? Like, what left can you give them? What can you do? How can you do? So yeah, Luca has been disappointing.
0: This season, um, I mean, to say Luca has vowed to come back better and better defensively because he was saying that not that it's an excuse, but it's, I mean, it's an excuse in two years. He has played a lot of games both in the NBA and the Euro League as well, and which is kind of true. And he's also dealing with uh, personal problems with his mom where they are they have uh, a court case or uh, over his, his
1: uh, yeah, the his image rights or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The image
0: rights. So he's also dealing with problems off the court as well. So that is also there. So he has about to be better next season if he gets enough rest and and all of that. So we are moving on to our third segment, which is really on my heart. Honestly, I don't like the way some of these old heads (laughs) talk about the new crop of players, calling them soft, calling them sensitive. Because, bro, they are not allowing you to go with the narrative you want to go with them they have a platform to speak up speak back you can't just lie evidence are there you understand stats are there. it's everything is easy to look out for in this day and age you understand back then these people were getting away with a lot you have players that were being violent outside the court somewhere in gangs they weren't even taking care of their bodies. They weren't disciplined enough and everything. And sometimes when you watch old games and you see them, you go like, ah. The way some of them talk, I believe if we could, if there was actually 24-7 media coverage, where you had social media, you had Twitter, you had Facebook, you had people in your faces with smartphones and things. And I don't think most of them would even have long careers. I mean, some of them weren't even having long careers anyway because they weren't taking care of their bodies, as you say. some of them were working with their yellow eyes because they don't they drink they even though they train they drink and still come with bad breath and things because role players think because they are role players nobody wants but the importance of role players has always been there but you have this new crop of players where they eat breathe basketball from day one their skill is different it's not their father right now NBA is so marketable that look like, they've taken away a lot of physicality and sense over there. It's not their fault, you understand. So it's like you are playing to the competition you have. But I don't like the way some of these old heads become media personalities and they act as if like they would have done and known better. Like some of the criticism are, are well warranted, but sometimes you realize that this is becoming too personal. So my question, the first question I have, to, I am saying is. Do you think some of these old players would have survived in an era of 24-7 media coverage and social media and the way people are criticised, where you are followed, you go to Vegas, you can't even hide somebody who, hey, LeBron is here, this is this, this is this and they'll follow you everywhere. Do you think some of them would have survived? Tweedy.
1: So, um, if you remember the last dance, I've forgotten what episode it was, but they were basically talking about how, like, it's difficult for MJ to go anywhere. Like, he can he. They have to set up a whole security thing. He, the moment he stepped out of his building, there are like thousand fans there. He has to walk through this whole thing just to get to his car or whatever. So, I say that to say, honestly, from what I've heard from the old players, at least the ones I've listened to. Most of them are like, There's no way, there's no way they could have gotten away with what they were doing, even if they, they didn't. Now, they were like, There's no way it's going to happen, there's no way because you can't hide, you cannot hide from anything. Go and look at Jar ja trying to have a good time, even though he, he 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 messed up with the IG live post, but yeah, he's trying to have a good time and stuff. I don't know if he was drunk or whatever. and then he had to go on IG life, and he did all he did, and he did what he, he did. What he did. So, yeah, I don't think the the old guys would have uh, survived, but they would have have had to adapt. And one thing, too, is, you know, like, they were born in, depending on who you're talking about, they were born in, like, the 70s and stuff. Like, they were born way, 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 like, way before. And things were different then than they are now. So if they are going to grow up in this age, I am hoping they'll be able to adjust because you can't, It will not work. There's no way you can use your own mentality now. But uh, with regards to... uh
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: uh, Talk, talk, talk about
0: So do you think some of... What do you think about some of their criticism of certain players and their decisions and their movements? Because I just don't want to believe because maybe right now they are working for ESPN or TNT or this and that. They are just maybe saying these things to be controversial, to push... uh, views and all those things I don't want to believe they genuinely believe some of what they are saying it is it's true because you listen to some of them you go like bro you did the same thing like Charles Barkley joining uh forces uh with um Hakeem and um uh, what, what was his, what, what was the other player if um was it was he hakeem and um this guy um
1: Pippen. um um, um you understand yeah, Scotty no, Pippin
0: you understand they failed, they failed to, to win a, a championship. You understand? They failed to win it, but they came back. So they were also a super team. But the way they talk about these things, like, look, I know they are envious of how player power is now, the money they get, and all those things. And then that is one knock they have on LeBron. And they still hate LeBron for that because, them, I wish we also could get in this CBA, this big money moves, and all those things. Fine. They respect you for setting the tone, right? Doing it because, look, you crawled so they could walk. And most of these NBA players look up to these old guys and respect them, but some of their criticism and words and the angle they come from, I don't fuck with it at all. Okay, so, okay, so crap. Uh, okay, uh,
1: wait, one, one, one more point. Please. Um, Are you talking specifically about Charles Barkley or like some of those guys?
0: No, no not just Charles Barkley. Like, I'm talking about Charles Barkley. I'm talking about the media as well, the way Stephen A and, and, and oh, okay, Skip okay. I just, I just focus on pushing certain narratives just to make uh, uh, their segments, like, get more um,
1: oh, okay, uh, okay. views and all those things. That, that's what okay. I'm talking about Yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Right. Yeah, so Lex? Uh,
2: I think that, as usual, with these cases, you, you need to add a bit more nuance and context to it. Are the old heads justified um, in some of the things they've said, I think it's, it's a yes or no answer. Um, I think in some instances, you you can make a genuine case for why the NBA is a bit more softer these days. Um, even with the with the advanced science and, and nutrition and diet and, and training regiments and everything like that, players are exposed to things on the science field a lot more than some of the old years were. And yet the old years were playing much more games than these players were. And so you, you can make a case that the NBA has maybe allowed too much of, of playing empowerment to seep into um, what the general product has been. And, I mean, imagine someone paying, say, $300 to go and watch an NBA game. He gets to the arena, and his favorite basketball player is not playing that night because they're doing load management or because that the, the, the player is, has not been allowed to play back-to-back games. And so there's a case to be made that the NBA has... Even with with the the advanced setting of it, there's there's become a bit more of the, the more things improve, the more players are taking a bit more of a step back in in pushing themselves to play. And I think that's where some of the criticisms of the old guys is a bit more justified. Now you can lay claim to that in saying that the reason why some of the players do not play a bit more in this in this era is because the pace of the game has changed. So you're going up the court a bit more than someone in the nineties or in the eighties would have gone to. So you are actually you are you are pushing your body much more than some of the the, the, the oldest would would have done. Now the other parts that I think where the oldest are not justified in is that look, we also the basketball you guys played. And and excuse my language, but you guys were shit. Some of the players (laughs) were playing in the 70s and 80s. Like they were terrible. The defense was terrible, the spacing was terrible, the shooting form was terrible. Like even how to set a screen, like they were moving screens.
0: There was no like, help defense. Like defense, you can't, there was like, no illegal defense. There was nothing. Look, it was passing, more one on one in
2: the paint. On, bro, bro, the passing there, there was no creativity and imagination with the passing. Someone is throwing the ball in, in the in the paint, and the, the moves are just two. They don't have any lateral moves. They don't have any vertical moves. They don't know how to do up and down, up and down. They, they can't. They can't post. That. The, the post that was too like structured, and mechanical. Like some of these things, where I was looking, I was like, there's no way you're looking at this place and thinking you're better than them. There's absolutely no way. So, I when I hear that, Oba, criticism,
1: I'm ob, like. But, don't you think it was also like a function of how they used to play back then? Because we we're playing through the bigs. Don't you think? Yeah. So, no, we
2: with saw that? some players. So, I'll give an example. Someone like Hakim. Hakim was playing in the in the early 90s. Hakim's footwork was great. And that's why a player like Kobe, like Dwight, like even LeBron, Camelo. Yeah, we're LeBron, teams, yeah. You
0: know? yeah. LeBron,
2: yeah. You could clearly see that this was someone who had mastered the, his his skill set. And that was right to me. I think that he's one of the top three best centers of all time. The photo was there, oh, the, the imagination oh, yeah, the person
1: definitely. was
0: there. So, for someone like, a case like that, but
1: don't you, you think it? like Hakim was? Oh, no, tweety, you think, you think, yeah,
0: yeah, but I don't think. Look, the thing is, every superstar in every era can survive any other era because they have the quality yeah, to adapt. Yeah, we are not yeah. focusing on the superstar, so we are focusing on more of the others. Do you get what I mean by that? That's what we are going with. That. More of the others, because look, I have watched some of the NBA, and some of these niggas will not survive. Some of them were even doing two shift jobs. NBA wasn't their bread and butter. That's why when I was making a case, I started with these people right from camp, they live, breathe, and eat NBA basketball. Oh, this, one, right this, from, one I, this, this one, this one,
1: this one, this one, they think we go there. But them because so, when it got no, to it like, in
0: the nineties, bro. In the nineties, no, like I, no, I go, no no in the nineties. I have yeah, yeah, uh, like, that, terrible. No, no, I'm telling you, no, in the nineties, I have uh, there was this guy that was playing for the Cavs or something like that. He was running for, for Senate and playing in the NBA as well. And you understand? And we had another guy that was actually working in the bank and playing the NBA. NBA. Like I had all these stats because I was doing you know, I was doing a lot of Jordan versus uh, um LeBron argument. So, I had, I have most of these Arsenal's, but oh, this is not right. what we are talking yeah. about now. You understand? Okay, okay, That's then, not what then, we are talking about now. Players the the us
2: players, players go to the nightclub, come back like this. come, the, come, come back. In 2020. Because the place we are playing against were Plumbers
1: and Carpenters.
0: Yes. I mean... Rodman opened his But
1: they go to the nightclub still in 2023.
0: Bro, you, you can't do that. They come and play a game the next day. Usually, do you know what they do? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what they do. When mm-hmm. they go on the road, there's a reason why they, they, they ban Memphis. Memphis team were like, look, if we play a road game, we are leaving. On the night of back-to-back, they don't go to the club of late. When they play a road game, and maybe they have to travel in two days, that's when some of them used to see their friends and go to parties yeah. and all those things. Do you get it? But back then, this guy could run away and go to Vegas, come back. When he interviewed him, he Because, like, bro, the NBA is watered down. And, like, he doesn't believe anybody can actually match. And which was true. You understand? But... The things they got away with back then, brother, they wouldn't get away with it now. Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. Right now,
0: when it comes to sponsorship and the players getting their bargains, there are a lot of factors that go. Back then, you can do some shit. Nike can cover up for you because you are one of their stars and you are bringing money. Right now, it's very hard for Nike to even cover up for you.
1: Look at Kyrie's situation like this. I feel like the the conversation has... I feel like... uh, they are different. So, I think we are talking about different people in different areas, and it's kind of becoming generalized. So, the whole Vegas situation, I think that was about Rodman. He disappeared and oh, came yeah. back.
0: See, it was. Uh-huh. So, see, you see, it's not just about Rodman. No. I mentioned this guy. Um, le- okay, I didn't mention, but let me mention him. When you listen to uh, Gilbert Arenas, right? He listen to some of the oldest, when he do that, no chill girl and all those things. They are teammates that were literally drunk sitting on the bench. They don't give a fuck. They come inside, come and play twenty minute shit, but they'll still get time and play. Do you get it? Look, can you imagine a player sitting on the Lakers bench drunk or high? Or have a gun in the in in the dressing room or have a knife or be rolling with a gang and all those things? Like do you imagine like can you imagine what to go on? I
1: be I'll be I'll be we dead we don't be here we did no we enter
0: on only... this. Ex- bro, exactly. <laughs> what Jad do, You have some of the old <laughs> heads doing that, saying that, oh, Nae, what to do, do? One a time, you know what we they do. do you,
1: you West, what they did worse. They did worse. They did worse.
0: Yes. It's it's the, and, it, and it's the hypocrisy because me, my own is like, understand what you are doing now. Treat these players like your children in this modern era. You know how difficult it is for them to really move around in this difficult... That's why sometimes I give props to LeBron and people think I'm always... Look, for you to be in the NBA for 20 years all your life be under the media scrutiny and every everything you do is scrutinized, put under the microscope and everything and you still don't have any blemish where they don't have any case or you both on and off the court do you get it like do you know how hard this is like everywhere you go every like look everywhere you go right now everybody has smartphone they will put you and you'll be trending and you do you get what I'm saying by that you were talking about Michael Jordan Michael Jordan could, couldn't go anywhere because the fans would mop him and all that. The fans, they didn't have smartphone to sometimes capture him when he's doing illegal shit and all those things. You understand? Somebody has to be there to go and report it or something. And they'd be getting away with a lot. So, me, the way... It's is, is, is actually the hypocrisy in which they used to criticise some of the things the players do. And meanwhile, they were getting away with far, far worse. That is my point. Because what Lexi said yeah. about... Mm-hmm, what Lexis said about I, I, the game I, I, play I, I, and and all the, uh, and the uh, load management, that one there is true. And I I hate the load management, and I also blame the front offices for right now because they are their priorities. The players, you have front office doctors saying, like, "Hey, this back to back, we've cancelled you. You can't play based on this." And they have their own science and things backing and data. So some of the players are frustrated, but actually it has to be done because the muscle tearing and things is a lot in this era, even yeah. though science has improved and. This one has improved as well. So, yeah,
2: so let's continue. I, I, I also do not want this to seem like we are shaming the old heads for some of their old chances I think that there's some validity to some of the things or some of the criticisms that they've given. But on a general scale, I find them very frustrating because one, you're not giving a bit more nuance and context to your criticism. Two, you are you are you are looking at appealing to your fans and that is informing what your general posture is on the Ish. comments you make on players? So, because if you realize that the fans fans don't like this player, then you you find a reason to to bash them on something. And, stuff like that. and that, that was that was my frustration my frustration with a lot of what they were doing at LeBron. It, it almost felt like he could do no good in their eyes. And and for a long time, I was like, do you guys realize that if if we were to put everything together, the one player that you guys are heralding as being the greatest player of all time does not measure in any way to LeBron. So. Like they pick and choose their moments. And that's that, that becomes very frustrating. Yes, you guys have some valid reasons in saying that the players have become a bit more softer these days. And players um do not do not take some of their um they, they don't take their training very seriously because you guys had to play with less um, mechanism and, and even less um science tools. But that's not that's not anybody's fault. That's not anybody's fault. You you live in an era and you have to make do what you have to make do. We are giving you context in saying that you played under very harsh conditions. We understand. But playing under harsh conditions doesn't mean that your spacing was perfect, your passing was good, your dribbling was good. You were terrible. The place who are playing down, if you're playing against them, you'll be terrible. So just cut the crap. No, don't don't hate on this place. Yeah, they're making more money because the product that they are they are selling right now is good. So we are sorry. We are sorry that we can't we can we can't say that oh. You, you would have done well in this era or what you're saying is, is deserving. Like, there's merit in your criticism. No. What you're saying is terrible and, and you can go find some change. sitting.
0: All right. So, because me, if, if I continue and go ahead, I'll blast them more, but you I respect them, them and them. love them. But, uh, bro, some some of them... And then, So, let's go to our last um, segment that we call, because after the first round, we'll come back and record again. But for now, I think things are shaping up. Um, today, the... The eighth, the eighth, and the 9th seed are about to play today. Pelicans, Pelicans versus um, Pelicans versus OKC. They are coming to play. The winner is going to meet uh, the Timberwolves. You understand? And the Miami Heat 2 lost to the Hawks, so they are also going to wait on the, the Bulls. Um, the Bulls and the Nets. No, it's not the Nets. I think the Bulls are playing. Rap- yeah, the Rap-tis, Bulls and the Raptors. The, Raptors, are the Raptors. 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 Yeah, the winner is going to meet the Miami Heat as well. But for now, I want to take your opinion on the not even opinion. I just want to take your predictions because our time is far spent. So the Cavs versus the Knicks, who do you have?
1: I will go with oh, title. I'll go with the I'll go with the Cavs. I'll go with the Cavs.
0: So the Suns versus Clippers, who will you go?
1: Suns actually. I picked Phoenix to come out of the West, so I'll, I'll stick with Phoenix.
0: So the Kings versus the Warriors?
1: Uh, Gordon says she should be able to come out of there.
0: Okay, so the Sixers versus the Nets. I mean.
1: Oh, Philly, yeah, Philly, <laughs> Philly, Philly.
0: <laughs> so the Celtics <laughs> versus the Oaks. Another, I, I mean.
1: Oh, yeah, oh that's all. You don't even have to say it. Not for top top.
0: And, and, and the last one for you, the Lakers versus Memphis.
1: Hmm. You. I'll go with my heart, so I'll see. I'll see you later. Let me, let me, let me buy us. Let me be able to be buyer.
0: <laughs> okay, because right now we are not sure of the eight seed, so I can't ask the first round yeah. guys. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So thank you, TD. So let's let me take yours. The Cavs, the calves versus Knicks.
2: Against my better judgment, the Cavs.
0: Okay, the sons versus the Clippers.
2: No oh, easy one. The the Suns. Just KD. Just so.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yes, KD guy. Kings versus the Warriors.
2: I'm, I'm predicting an upset. I think that the Warriors will get a bit more comfortable in their skin. And that's why I think the, the, Suns, the, the Kings will pull an upset. Sacramento for the win.
0: Wow.
2: The Sixers versus the Nets. Oh, Sixers. There's, there's, there's an element of pride for, for, for Philly. And especially with Embiid making all that noise about winning the MVP. It would be terrible to, to have been kicked out from the, the first round. So... I think that's, that's the real power will carry them through. Okay,
1: guys, so the guys, guys let me cut him, let me cut him for one moment. Okay. Imagine, right. imagine if B gets the MVP and he goes out first round. Imagine.
0: Ah, uh, mm. me, there, like B more, I would have said Sasa. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because me, I've seen this guy and, uh, uh, what's his name? It's Safe Harden. I've seen them, seen them choke I have seen them choke. So me, there, <laughs> the way everybody is picking them to even win the West and season, no, made them cool down. Media. mean, uh, everybody has their prediction that they are making it out of it in the East, sorry. So, I mean, yeah, uh, but yeah, it would, it would be devastating. But yeah, so Celtics versus Hawks. Oh, Celtics. And the Cavs versus Memphis. Yeah, I say Cavs, sorry. Lakers mm-hmm. versus Memphis. This
2: is a hard one. Like, yeah, that's, the LeBron. that's LeBron. That's LeBron. In a playoff, there's LeBron. LeBron. But Memphis.
0: Ah, I respect your take. But even at the age of 38... I also rather trust anybody less, unless I have seen that you are leading LeBron three-one, and he can't come back. Until then, and even, and even that make, one, uh, that one's safe. <laughs> me, yeah, one's the guy, safe. the guy is a cerebral. The guy is smart. It is not just about it's place. It's about knowing the. Op- Charlie, that guy is dangerous. But yeah,
2: yo, yo yo, Craig. Before you go, uh-huh. let me use this yeah. opportunity to send like subliminals to the Golden State fans. For all of you, chicken heads who think that Bad Steph is is, 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 <laughs> Steph is in anywhere in the same horizon or class as LeBron. Stop stop smoking those banned stereos you are on. If he, he can win three more titles and is nowhere near the strategy of LeBron.
1: Go no, back dude, to your daddy. This, this, this hit is generational.
0: Oh, it, it is not. No, it is annoying. Bro, let me tell you something. The way people knock KD for going to Golden State to win that two chips here, it's also yeah. a knock on Steph. You understand because you mm. can't be the driving force. Then you come and allow la- another man to come and take two final MVPs off you when you said you don't get one. You understand? He was the driving force because you bitch a three-one lead. I had to go and beg him to come and save you and all those things. So right now you add those rings to your rings and you but, win a fourth one. And right? Raise your uh-huh, four uh-huh, rings. Four exactly.
1: Rings. Exactly. So is it a knock if he wins again without him? It can be a knock. Bro, I cannot, I the reason be. why...
0: Let me tell you. Look, Kobe has five rings, right? LeBron has... LeBron has, what, four rings?
2: Four,
0: four. LeBron has four rings. Kobe has five yeah, rings.
1: four.
0: Kobe has two finals MVPs. One regular season MVP, right? People still don't think Kobe is in LeBron's class. And what makes you think Steph is there? If some people even think Kobe is not there. Well, ask, well, ask the Steph When... Ask when
1: when you say LeBron's class, what do you mean? Like, do you mean um, he can't do in that the, goods. In
0: as... the No, no. Look, Steph, it would take a lot for Steph to be in the goods debate. Like Karim. Ah,
1: okay, um, okay, uh, okay. Yes, okay, okay, like Karim, okay, Michael
0: Jordan. Okay, okay. Like, it's been established.
1: Okay, okay, do you get okay. it? That oh, yeah, yeah. When
0: you are talking yeah. about goods, you can't do without talking about LeBron. You can't do without talking about MJ. Mm-hmm, you can't do without talking mm-hmm. about Karim. It will take a lot mm. for Steph to jump and enter there because me right now there is is not even in my top ten.
1: Oh no, no, goes go debate there. No, no, man.
0: Exactly. That is what no. the golden state bandwagon niggas need to understand. Because they were I, I saw some tweets like hey this season. If if the if Steph wins another ring, we are going to have a real debate. I was like, look at them, real debate for what <laughs> <laughs> anyways thanks you guys for coming again it's been an amazing recording session with you and i'll be looking forward to the other one so guys we come to the end of our recording today which was an amazing one with 3d and lexus once again thank you guys for coming
2: anytime this is
0: 80
1: anytime anytime bro
0: thank you so you can you can catch us on spotify apple giza and any other place This is ATW dominating the conversation.